Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. I'm Hussam. And I'm Guillaume. In this podcast, we are going through the fundamental concepts of corporate treasury, which I learned from my experience working at a big four consulting company. And you'll explain it in a way that someone like me who knows nothing about the topic can understand. We hope you enjoy the episode. So I'd like you to take us through a little bit as well. Um, mm -hmm. How do you protect you against it? So we talked about the why, and we talked about what hedging actually is. Yeah. How do you hedge yourself against those risks? And we said there was two types of risk, right? The FX and the interest rates. Mm -hmm. um, let's start with the FX, the foreign exchange rate, because you've already given us a very nice example on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, Hussam, I know you're thrilled to know about all the complex financial instruments, right? But before that, I would like to propose a simple solution in order to protect ourselves against that risk. Um, so let's say that you're a business and you can have all your transactions, or at least as much as possible, in the currency of your choice. Let me explain this. So you're a company that, that is doing well, succeeding on its markets, and is becoming multi, a multinational. Therefore, you will have suppliers and clients that will use other currencies. You can say, okay, whatever transaction I'm doing, I'm sticking to the main one of mine. Let's say you're a French company or Belgian one, Your main currency is the euro. We also call it the functional currency or the reporting currency because your financial statements will be in euro. This is the reporting currency. But you can have a US client who wants to pay you in US dollars but you was, and you would say, no man, I'm only taking euros. So I'm selling you 100,000 euros worth of products. In a month, I want 100,000 euros no matter what. I don't want a few USDs. And therefore, your client has now a foreign exchange risk, and you do not. So, you could do the same for the suppliers as well. Okay, I'm buying you the leather to make my shoes, but I'm paying you only in euros. You will pay in your currency. What is happening here? You're basically only exchanging in euros, so you will never have a foreign exchange risk, but your suppliers and clients will. Clients will. So, I mean, that <clears throat> business is built on partnerships, right? Business is all about... Um, Contracts, sure, and there's, you know, it's only business, mm -hmm. but relationships, partnerships, good faith is a very important part of it. Yeah. Um, to be in your middle of your supply chain between your suppliers and your customers, and then to demand everyone else to pay you in your currency, that's, that's a very idealistic world. You're winning in that scenario, right? Because they're carrying all the FX risk. Exactly. So um, why would anyone want to deal with you if you're just going around saying, no, I only take money in euros? Um, yeah. and, and how would you end up in that situation? So, again, um, very true. And that was indeed um, an ideal scenario. Of course, it doesn't happen like this in um, real life, but it was in order to grasp where does it come from. Now, indeed, uh, you may not be able to convince all your suppliers and clients to pay you in the currency of your choice. It depends on multiple things. It's basically part of the negotiations, right? When you draft the contracts, you use whatever leverage you have. You negotiate on the price, on the date of delivery, delays, conditions, etc., and the currency. Um, so it will mostly depend on the size of the business, uh, the size of the business. Sorry, uh, the bigger you are, the bigger your leverage, obviously. Uh, and it also depends on how bad you want to contract with that supplier or that client. But it, indeed, um, come along with it. 
many problems, uh, a low flexibility. Um, you, as you very accurately said, uh, base your business on partnerships most of the time. So you want to arrange your clients because you want to make money, sell them. So you will arrange them. Um, and you may not have that much leverage on your suppliers, right? If you represent only a fraction of their business, they may say, okay, you either pay us in our currency or we don't deal. So that was one solution. Um, make sure you have as little as possible foreign currency transaction, but indeed there are many others. Okay, but so sounds like an ideal case. It'd be great if everyone, if your business could be like that, but that yes. comes at the expense of someone else. Indeed. And eventually you're going to end up on the part that's losing out. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing this is where hedging instruments really come in, which Absolutely. I keep asking you about. Okay. Um, because I'm all about how to make the banks more money. That's, that's exactly <laughs> I knew it. That's what's needed. That's my hidden agenda. In all of this. <laughs> Full banks. Um, so how would you hedge against the risks? Say you have to pay in your non-reporting currency. Yes. Uh, how would you hedge against those then exactly? Okay. So a promise is a promise. Let's deep dive into hedging. So we've defined hedging. Um, it can be seen as an investment to reduce financial risk. What you do when you're hedging yourself is basically you are taking an offsetting position to your exposure. What's in the living hell is that? So let's go back to our example of the shoes manufacturer, right? Um, I'm the shoe manufacturer, French one. Uh, my reporting currency is euro. I will receive those 120,000 US dollars in a month. Now, I'm not sure how much those US dollars will be worth in euro equivalent in one month. This is what we call an exposure. It is uncertain what will become of those US dollars. Now, I need to find somebody who will agree to take my 120,000 US dollars in a month against a pre-agreed exchange rate in order for me to receive approximately 100,000 euros. So, I want to receive those 120,000 US dollars from my client in a month. And I also want, at the very moment I will receive them, give them back to somebody else in a month as well. This is what we call having an offsetting position. I have an exposure in US dollar and I have an exposure in Euro. So 120,000 US dollars will come in and 120,000 dollars will go out at that very moment. So I'm hedging my exposure by offsetting it with an opposite exposure. Does that make sense? So let me see if I understand that. You start a contract with a third party. Yes. Which carries part of your risk, right? Assume because they, yes. either you're paying them something for it mm -hmm. uh, or they believe it's going to go actually the other way. For instance. And they believe that uh, you don't know what you're doing and that they're going to win money out of it in the end as well. Exactly. Right? Could be the case, yeah. So you keep your transaction in your non-reporting currency, but you create another transaction for the non-reporting currency to your local currency at a predefined rate exactly the one of today with another customer or another partner of some sort yes um and that's how you offset the risk so you in the end have a fixed exchange rate exactly pre-negotiated and you're like okay i'm happy with this exchange rate in mm. a month regardless of what the financial markets do or the fx markets do sorry yes uh, i'll be happy with this mm -hmm. i'll be happy with this exchange rate okay exactly that's it um so that's basically it. So it's like almost having insurance. Exactly. Right? So you yeah. would um, buy a house and then you get home insurance and you say, okay, there is the risk that my 
uh, roof breaks, for or, instance, for example. Mm -hmm. um, therefore, I'm going to get insurance. I'm going to definitely pay 50 euros a month, yeah. for example. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy to pay 50 euros a month versus the potential 2,000 euros to get my roof fixed. Exactly. Yeah, that's basically it. Hedging is basically taking an insurance. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay.